0: This is Triple Play Fantasy. I'm your host, Zach at FF Super Batman. We are here to talk about the AFC West and the divisional breakdown when we come back. Welcome everybody in. If you're watching on Twitter, I highly recommend you head over to YouTube if you want to enjoy some conversation with us and drop some comments. You can also be on Facebook. Comments work on there too. Unfortunately, Elon Musk wants to change the name to X but doesn't want to get uh, us having comments through StreamYard. So head over there. But we are on our last division preview, so if you've been following along, I hope you have. We are finishing up with the AFC West. If you have not been following along, all of our shows are still on YouTube, so go ahead and check all those episodes out. We have two special guests tonight to help fill in the squad. So we have Adriana. I think she's on my top right. I don't know how these screens work <laughs> from this side, but she's up, she's up at the top. We have Adriana. How are you doing tonight?
1: Hi, good. How are you? Welcome Thank back. You Great.
0: Me. I, I say you were here last year, correct?
1: I was right before I Perfect. won the championship.
0: <laughs> there we go. So thanks to our I'm, show, of course. I'm back to now claim hopefully another championship and help our, our viewers win. There we go. You're back. And then we also have Eric joining us. So we replaced Eric with another Eric. Welcome. We're so happy to have you. How are you doing tonight, Eric?
2: I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. And I have apparently some big Eric shoes to fill. I'll do my best.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And while you still have power, we're we're, we're keeping power for the whole show. And then how how are you doing tonight, Brad? Can't complain, man. Happy to be here with y'all. I, I, you have power this time. It's, I feel like I between do. you and the other Eric, we've had power issues up in the... We had like back-to-back back
3: weeks. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was yeah. rough weather up here for a little while.
0: We're not trying to make any... I'm wearing the, the chargers. Here. We're not trying to make any any puns here with the with bolts of lightning. <laughs> but <laughs> but with with that, Eric, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on, though, was to talk about the Pros with Joe's charity tournament. Can you tell everybody what that is real quick before we get into the divisional previews? Sure.
2: Um, I'll try to give the short version, um, but it doesn't really exist. So Pros with Joes is a charity fantasy football tournament. Um, this year, as we have been for the last few years, it is comprised of 56 teams that are competing. Each one of those teams is a pair of co-managers, a fantasy pro and industry expert from just about every platform, website, radio station, TV station out there, including... Zach Berger himself uh, paired up with a Joe, an everyday player who donated to that pro's charity of choice in order to win their way into the league. So ends up being a ton of fun, 112 people. Um, The draft itself, we all pile into a Zoom room. It's It's a bunch of fun. We cut it up and give each other a hard time. And all the while, we raise a ton of money for a variety of different charities, right? I know, Zach, you're playing for LLS again. And the, the story and the connection that you have there is is really inspiring. And that's, you know, one of the things that I like most about this format is that every single one of our pros has some meaningful connection to the cause that they're playing for. And you get to hear that testimony and hear why it's important to them and learn a little bit more about them as individuals.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you inviting me back for a second year. It was a lot of fun last year. I got to play with one of my friends from work. We actually didn't work together anymore, so it was really cool to get to reconnect. And she did not have a lot of Fantasy experience, so it was cool. She wanted to look more, so learn about the game, understand the moves we were making. So that was a lot of fun to kind of get to bring her along. We had Stefan Diggs as our first pick, so we both got the Stefan Diggs. Um, like was it, a kick it to cancer? That whole program. Um, that yeah. Buffalo Bills jersey, thought really cool. So we'll see who we draft uh, first this year. I have no idea yet. We still waiting on the divisions, but I was excited for that. It was a fun group last year. I mean, we're already talking trash in the in the group chat from last year's division. So, um.
2: Yeah, yeah it's, it's a great <laughs> format. Right? The group chat is, is, is already lively this year. It's, it's going to be another fun year. And, and like you mentioned, we are still actively fundraising. We're raising through the end of the day through 11.59 p.m. on Sunday night. So to get involved, you can head over to our website. It's proswithjoes.com. Uh, there you'll register. That'll take you to our donor center where you can see all 56 of our pros. Like I mentioned, Zach is back for another year. Uh, We've got Stefania Bell, Marcus Grant, just about everybody from Football Guys, the Front Yard Fantasy crew has been really good to us. Um, So really, if you consume fantasy content out there, there's a very high likelihood that we have a pro from the place where you consume content and you get an opportunity to play along with them. So Pros with Joes is the website.
0: And I put that in the show description if you are over on YouTube, as well as a link to my page if you wanted to donate specifically uh, to LLS for me to have a chance to be on my team. So how it works is every dollar gets you an entry. And so the more you donate, the better your odds are of, of getting to be in the tournament with me um, or whoever else you donate to. That's right. All right. Well, I appreciate you having me on a second time. Uh, Eric, has been a blast. But with that, we got to start with the... The AFC West <laughs> champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Adriana, tell me about the Chiefs for 2023.
1: The Chiefs for 2023. Wow. I thought this was going to be an easy one, but you know what? I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult to pick the best players, the best sleepers, the best, uh, the best overalls for Kansas City this year, but the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I am a Patriots girl, Die hard, but – I'm also a Closet KC fan. And as far as the quarterback goes, I mean, we all know he is the best in the league. We've got Patty Patrick Mahomes, QB1. I, in God, I had him his rookie year when, in my league uh, many, many years ago. And it was the best decision I ever made. I just love that man uh last year he led the nfl with 5240 passing yards and he's the most reliable quarterback in my opinion in the fan- in fantasy football so obviously i mean he's going first he, if i i don't care what position i am i'm drafting him first that's just me um I think he's trying to break every single one of Brady's records, and he's not going to stop until he gets more and more and more rings. Um, I think the only thing that's going to stop him, honestly, fingers crossed it doesn't happen, is an injury. That's seriously the only thing that could ever hurt him. Um, I mean, that's the only way he can't produce those numbers. But I would go QB1, first overall. I don't care where you draft. Got to take Mahomes. Mahomes is my boy.
0: So in a QB1 league, you would take? would you take him – as the one on one, or you're saying you would take um for the first QB off the board? Both. Okay.
1: I I just I think that, that, that feels
0: spicy, but I like it.
1: You know what? Because you're guaranteed. You look, it, except for obviously with a bye. You just you look, and he's one of those players that when you start your week, whoever your opponent is, you know you have like ten to fifteen points ahead of them, like guaranteed. Yeah. He runs. He passes. I mean, he does, he does it He's all. On
0: Netflix, so He's
1: on Netflix. He's on Netflix. And if you ever watch watched a documentary, it's pretty dope, actually. I enjoy I it. Would, yeah.
3: I would say, like, I, I tend to lean towards taking a running back 101. But if I were to go away from that and take a quarterback, it would be Pat Mahomes. He's Like she said, it, it's pretty much a guaranteed 25 to 30 points every week. And that's not something you can pencil in even with top tier quarterbacks. He's he's one of one.
1: And I think it also comes down to the fact like you have to know your league, right? Especially if you're in a redraft and you've been with the same folks for several years. Like I know in my league, if I don't take him I in round one, and I don't care what position I'm like, what number I'm drafting. He will go first pick round two. Yeah, we'll take quarterbacks so early in my league. So I that's why I'm just like,
0: it's a great point.
1: Yeah, you got to know your league. You got to know your people.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So, obviously, Mahomes is not a sleeper. We all know who he is. But who is your sleeper from the Chiefs?
1: Ooh, okay. So, I've got two, but my top sleeper is Sky Moore. You got Juju gone. You got Mecole Hardeman gone. Um, So, you got Sky Moore. I mean, he was a rookie last year. And, really, who's the only other, like, top receiver? Kadarius always injured. Tony? Yeah. This is Sky. You got MVS
0: Track Star, just running routes, doing nothing with it but running around.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's exercising. (laughs) Um, At the end of the day, like this is Sky Moore's opportunity to shine. He has the ability to play multiple roles in offense. He has game after the catch. He, um, you have the openness of the Kansas City receiver room. Sky Moore is in line for a big year. He is my sleeper.
0: I love Sky Moore. I just hate his number, but I love him. (laughs) (laughs) 24 just looks so weird on a on a receiver i always think he's the cornerback
1: yes i know (laughs) Um, Uh, my other one my secondary kind of sleeper is um isaiah uh, pacheco um because i mean we know kansas city loves their running backs like they just love 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 them but um Honestly, I didn't even realize it until a couple days ago. He actually was number 31 um, overall last year with running backs with 122 fantasy points, 170 carries for 830 yards and five touchdowns. That's huge for a running back. I mean, you don't usually see that. And with, like, the split backfield, I think that that's impressive. So, yeah, you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jarek McKinnon, but he's the RB1. That's my pick, my other sleeper.
0: All right. And then who do you think is overvalued on the squad?
1: Kadarius Tony. (laughs) Completely and utterly Kadarius Tony. I mean, so I drafted him last year um, in my initial draft, right? He, when he was with the Giants and because I was like, oh, he's going to be a sleeper for the Giants. Nope. Got drafted. Then, you know, he got traded to Kansas City and he got injured. Shocking. He just keeps getting injured. Um, I mean, his numbers were like wicked impressive when he actually played, right? But at the end of the day, you can't rely on him. He's just going to waste space on your bench. Um, he only played 19 of 34 regular season games. That's like half, pretty sure. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's like rough math, but I'm pretty sure that's half. At the end of the day, he's, and not to mention, he already got injured in um, training camp. So he's questionable for first week practice.
0: One. Yeah. Yep.
1: So I'm not putting my not putting my eggs in the Kadarius Tony basket this year. No way. I'm
0: sorry. are any of the other guys here? Are you guys anybody in on Kadarius Tony? Or are we all fading Kadarius Tony? Because I'm fading him. I'm also
2: fading him. Um, there was a point, maybe about five or six weeks ago, where Kadarius Tony was actually going ahead of Sky Moore in in ADP, mm-hmm. and I was just gobbling up all the Sky Moore that I could get. Now I think people are starting to sober up to the realization that the likelihood of getting a full season out of Kadarius Tony is very, very slim. So he's, he's sliding down draft boards, right? Like there, there's a point where, you know, he might be rostered as like my wide receiver six or seven and I want a lottery ticket maybe. Right. But realistically speaking, I, I completely uh, complete with completely agree with Adriana, which is sky Moore is the receiving weapon, not named Travis Kelsey, to roster in Kansas City, right? They they really they kind of they ramped him up slowly last year, right? He didn't see the field a ton. When he was out there, his target rate was crazy. He had like a twenty-two percent target rate. So the amount of times that he was target relative to the number of routes that he ran. And over the course of the stretch run and the saw Chief really go out of their way to incorporate Sky more into their offense. We all saw the touchdown in the Super Bowl, but you know, week over week preceding that he was seeing more and more playing time. He was running more and more routes. I I think you know some people have a tendency to kind of call him uh, you know a potential bust coming out of his first year, but in reality, I think I think Andy Reid had a plan for Sky Moore and they've been following it, and that leads them to this point where he he should really be the focal point of their passing offense out of the wide receiver room.
3: Yeah, I, I think you guys hit the nail on the head there. I I think the only thing that I might be interested in Kateria's Tony with is. I could see myself trading for him during the season, um, maybe if he's hurt or you know if I want to tag him into a, a trade with you know as a, as a secondary piece or something like that because mm-hmm. on a week to week basis, you know he is liable to have a home run. he is liable to have you know five catches 100 yards and two touchdowns. but like you guys said, he's gonna be injured and, and we know that so to, so to price that in and maybe get him on a trade. That's probably something I'm more more leaning to, but drafting him would just be too expensive for for his injury history.
1: Absolutely.
0: 100%. And then there's, there's really only one rookie to talk about that, that they drafted from an offensive <laughs> perspective. So uh, yes tell sir. us about Rashi Rice real quick. Are you Rash- drafting any Rashi Rice?
1: Oh, yeah, I am. And I usually go running back heavy, but I like Rashi Rice. I also like, respect, and very much trust Andy Reid. And he doesn't make these kind of mistakes. There is a reason he traded up. He traded up in the second round um, for this pick. He is no fool. So I think Rashi Rice, I'm, I'm going to say it now. I'm saying it now. August 24th. He is going to be their wide receiver one at the end of the season. He is we need, to,
3: we need to clip that. We need to clip that. I, I'm saying let it. Let, Just let, remember let I let said me make it. Him
0: a, a note. <laughs> what time? Right, got it. Okay, I'm
1: curious. I mean <laughs> – Outside of Kelsey, there's no other pass catcher that has surpassed 700 receiving yards, and he's going to be the one to do it. There are a lot of targets vacated in KC, and he's good to lead all the receivers on the team. I'm telling you. I really, really like him. I was looking up some of his stats from SMU. I mean, last year, I'm just going to throw these numbers out there because they're pretty freaking impressive. 96 passes for almost 1,400 yards and 10 touchdowns in one season. Pretty good. I like it. I mean, yeah, they have a lot of receivers, and I know we were talking about Sky Moore, obviously. Um, Kadarius kind of injured Tony, and then, you know, everybody else. But I, I think MBS, he's
0: pick- Justin Ross. Yep. He's gonna, uh, Justin he's Watson. Pick- Too many guys. Justin <laughs> Watson. <laughs> <God>
1: <laughs> but I'm telling you, he's gonna do it.
2: I I love good. I love hearing Justin Watson's name because anytime you hear his name, I can just see him running nothing but nine routes just straight down the but field. He catches just one yard touchdown. Right. There you Boop. go. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like, I like Rishi Rice as a prospect, right? Um, if we talk about kind of, you know, pure athleticism, ball skills, ability to separate in this wide receiver room. I mean, he, he either is, or is very close to the most talented wide receiver in those categories. The thing that gives me concern is, A lot of the point that I was making with Sky Moore, right, I I think we see Andy Reid kind of ramp (laughs) him up gradually over the course of the season. So if we're talking about a dynasty prospectus, Rishi Rice is probably my favorite target on the uh, the Chiefs offense. If we're talking about redraft, I think this year coming is probably a bit more Sky Moore. But kind of like we saw with him last year, as we get down the stretch run, I think we're going to see incrementally more Rice week over week.
1: But you know what? I I personally, I've always been a fan of rookies just in year after year in all my leagues. I like to always have, like, I'm usually 60% rookies on my team. And because, you know what? People get hurt. People get old. People, you know, coaches want to change. They want to – they want you – they don't want you to expect the expected. They want you to expect the unexpected. So by throwing in a Rishi Rice, I'm telling you, he has – He's going to be given one shot to prove himself, and he better, you know, swim, not sink. And I think if he does that, he would, he could just, you know, he could be Sky more early.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right. So I think we all think the Chiefs are going to be dominant again. this season. But if any team in the division I think can take their crown, it's gonna be the Chargers. But that's assuming that they also can stay healthy, which this team I think feel is more snake bitten than than Kadarius Tony. Um (laughs) every time you think they have something going on, they get hurt. But that's why I think Justin Herbert, so he's obviously their clear starter. I think he's actually undervalued this year in uh fantasy. I think he's going around like QB six depending on uh your league scoring. Um I mean I get it. He doesn't run as much, but I think people forget that he actually was a solid run in the first two seasons. He put up plenty of points. He averages twenty six points per game his first two years, and then he dropped down to nineteen points last year. He was hurt. What was it like week three around there? He broke his ribs. His offensive line was hurt. His wide receivers, none of them could stay healthy all at the same time, and his offensive coordinator didn't want to throw the ball more than five yards down the field. So all of that has changed going into the season. So I'm all in on Herbert. Um, especially if you miss out on the elite three um, up at the top, I would not mind waiting around round five, round six, grab yourself some Herbert. Um, You can even try to stack him with one of his wide receivers. And I think that would be a great combination for you in fantasy this year. Looking at the sleepers, they don't really have a lot of sleepers. We all know who all their guys are, but I would probably say it's Mike Williams is the closest. He feels like he's being slept on again, just because um, as we keep talking about injuries, he feels like he makes these amazing catches and doesn't know how to land on his two feet and he falls down violently onto the ground and gets hurt every time. Um, But he's wide receiver 28 right now, which feels pretty low for the type of talent he has. He has wide receiver one ability. It really just comes down to his availability. Um, But I like that value for him going around 71st overall right now. Overvalued, again, feels weird to say this, but Austin Eckler as a running back two. Whoa. I know. I I don't know who else to pick on the squad. I mean, he – has scored so many touchdowns and he's got the most by a lot right now. I think he's at what 38 over the last two years, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, next closest is not even close, was it like 26? Something, something insane like that. Um, but eventually that's gonna stop and they're gonna be throwing more touchdowns than him just running it in every time. He's an amazing talent. I love him for fantasy football. He is like a great advocate for fantasy football, so this is not a shot at him as a person, as a player, it's just as his value. As the RB2, that's a ceiling. Like you are drafting him at his complete ceiling, and anything less than that, he's going to potentially hurt you as, as your first pick in the first round. I'm um, going as RB2. So that's why I'm saying he's overvalued. He could still be amazing. I'm just afraid that he's not going to be as effective as he has been the last two years. And he even says it himself. He doesn't want to be on the field as much as he is. He would like less touches so he can stay fresher. And so, again, he'll be there near the goal line. I just don't see him scoring twenty touchdowns again, so that's why I'm saying he's overvalued. Love him, just, and I, I can tell Eric right now is is about to agree with me and is like so excited that I said he was overvalued.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'll I'll, I'll wait for Brad and Adriano in case they have a dissenting <laughs> opinion, but I'm I'm lockstep
3: with you, Zach. No, I I got to hear this, Eric, because I I'm pretty shocked at that. Austin Eckler is probably I think yeah, I have him at RB three on the year, so he's he's one of my favorites.
2: I mean I I think the the argument is is pretty practical in nature right like sort of removing the nameplate and the jersey from the player like if you're having to draft someone and they have to have their ceiling or their best career year in order to pay off their ADP like mathematically you're putting yourself in a position to be disappointed right so like anytime that's the case like I'm you know I'm always concerned in general right like I, I think that where he's being taken, there's really only downside to to acquiring him. But then, more practically speaking, I, I think we're I think we're getting geared up for an entirely different Chargers offense, right? Like with 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 Kellen coming in, it's not going to be the Lombardi dink and dunk, um, you know, drop down to the underneath flat for Austin Eckler to catch a hundred passes again, right? Like Mm -hmm. so much of Eckler's value is as a pass catcher, right? If you, if you remove his receiving work, he's right around the middle of the pack in that kind of RB two jumble, which is still plenty productive, but you don't feel very good about that. If you spent the third or fifth or seventh overall pick on him. Right. So, you know, I I think part of it is just kind of a general rule that drafting players at their ceiling usually leads to a bad time. But I I also think that we're going to see, Justin Herbert really emerge as the focal point of this offense and really push the ball vertically, given that Lombardi is now out of town.
0: And does anybody want to guess how many 1,000-yard rushing seasons that Eckler has in his one, two, three, four, five, six-year career? Maybe one. Three? He's got zero. 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 Last year was his best year with 915 yards. Now. Again, he is amazing in the air, and that's where, especially in PPR, he's getting tons of points. But, um, yeah, he does not um, run as much as you think he does. Um, no, I, and that, it's
3: – I'm sorry. Go
0: ahead, Zach. That, that's just my concern is if he doesn't get those receptions like we're used to, which now we have three hopefully healthy wide receivers, like you said, a whole new passing offense, um, I'm just concerned that he might get some – cheapy, we'll call him cheapy touchdowns near the goal line, but I'm afraid he's going to lose a lot of his touches um, that we're just so used to him dominating.
3: So, I mean, to me, it's like I, I never viewed Austin Eckler as, you know, challenging for 2,000 rushing yards in the year. It was the fact that he does get so many receptions and so many targets that really provides a lot of floor for him if he doesn't get that rushing upside. So I it's not like he's, you know, a slot back that – you know, he's going to lose out on, on targets that way. Like he's getting the, the screens, he's getting the, the dink and dunk drop-offs. He's getting those, those passes that are always going to be there when a quarterback is under pressure. And that's just the nature of the NFL. Your quarterback's going to be under pressure. So to me, it's, he's not going to be used in, you know, some three headed monster rotation, running back rotation. He's going to be the primary back. He's going to get the red zone touches. Um, I, I understand the argument, like you would be drafting him at his ceiling, but at the same time, you know anybody that you're drafting top five is it's hard to have value at that at that pick. Like you're you're just going to be drafting somebody that you can depend on to have a solid floor at at like 15 plus per week. So
0: sure, and I get that. I'm just saying, like for example, Jamar Chase. Let's say he's yeah top five pick. I don't think we've seen his ceiling yet for example I would agree yeah like Christian McCaffrey he's probably around his ceiling too you could probably make the same arguments you are for Eckler like we are for Eckler for CMC Justin Jefferson he's getting near there but he doesn't score the touchdowns like you would think he would so he might still be able to like so that's where like I 100% agree that at the top of the draft everyone should be around their ceiling but there's definitely a few players that I feel like we have not seen their best yet. But at the same time, like
3: you, but you just mentioned, he's not even rushing for a thousand yards yet. So like if
0: he's not going <laughs> if, to rush for a thousand yards this year, either. No, it's unlikely. But
3: when we talk about ceiling potential, like if I'm getting a running back that is going to get, you know, over a hundred targets per season, I don't need you to rush without more than a thousand yards, you know, like I'm getting a, a mid tier wide receiver that can also get, 15 touches on the ground like it's i don't know i i like i like that there's uh there's not exactly a, a consistent um argument on either side but
0: um yeah no that's that's interesting i, I hadn't considered him being overrated I mean, no, and that's what i, I love disagreements because that's what the people need to hear is that there's there's multiple options for fantasy football
1: i mean like yeah. if you have somebody right on the chargers i can see the argument for Eckler. Because he is great if you don't have receivers, like last year. yeah, right? We uh, weren't both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams like it they was were. just Josh Paul- it was like him and Josh Palmer I think yeah mm-hmm. and um I mean, that's when he had to shine. but other than that, he's like your pinch hitter.
0: Fair, fair but also and herbert I couldn't I like him, herbert couldn't throw deep last year after that rib injury so mm-hmm. it was so much easier just to do a, a dump off to Eckler and again right. i Fair. think echo is very talented i'm just i'm concerned that there's now a lot more weapons in a different offense that yeah. we may see him slide he could still be like r b5 r b6 like he could still be great i'm just afraid that he's not going to return that r b2 value you're hoping he gets you as a top four pick in your draft
3: yeah let's get a uh, let's get eric's team in the mix here
0: yeah you want to go with the 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 lowly raiders
2: <laughs> yeah the the lowly raiders are probably going to be pretty quick right um in terms of the the QB situation you know Jimmy G after some uncertainty about his health yet again um has now been named the starter it looks like he's going to be available for the <clears> beginning <throat> of the season and generally speaking like outside of superflex I mean, he's not somebody that i'm looking to target right like this isn't a particularly high passing volume offense. Jimmy G's average depth of target is well below league average, right? So, like, that he, he can't do anything with his legs, and you have to worry about the injury concerns. So, there's really nothing to you know look for from this uh, from this this QB position specifically for the Raiders. Um, the fantasy sleeper, I, I guess, it really depends on how much you uh, how much you are concerned about. The Josh Jacobs situation. Um, if you have any degree of concern, then Zamir White immediately becomes someone to consider and is worth a you know later round flyer. Um, we've seen him look pretty good in the preseason this year. Um, obviously, if Jacobs you know misses any time or he's now back in camp, so the likelihood of him deciding to hold out again is pretty slim. But you know any injury were to crop up, maybe over the course of the season as this team kind of starts heading towards thinking about future seasons. Maybe they want to see what they have in the kid, and you see him kind of take a little bit more of that workload. Obviously, Josh McDaniels is, uh, is historically running a pretty running back heavy type of system. So, you know, certainly worth the stash, especially if you either drafted Josh Jacobs or you have concerns about how often he'll be on the field. Um, overvalued player is kind of tough. Right. Like, I think, I think Devontae Adams is going right about where he should be. Right. I think you're getting fair value on him. Um, You know, Josh Jacobs, in my opinion, is being underdrafted. Right. We've seen him continue to slip into drafts, uh, slip down draft boards, I should say, despite being one of the few running backs in today's NFL that pushed for 400 touches last year. Right. Like, that just doesn't exist anymore. And he's, he's, he's the lone example of it. So I, I think he actually represents value. So, I mean, I guess to the extent that Jimmy G is being drafted, he's probably being uh, overvalued. I, just drafted him as really... an overvalue.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: If you roster him, you have, you have overpaid for him. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not buying into, um, you know, Jacoby Myers or Hunter Renfro or any of the secondary pieces, just because, I mean, Devonte Adams saw 180 of the 500 pass, uh, pass attempts last year. Right. Like, there's just not really a whole lot to go around for these secondary pieces in this kind of plotting outdated offense, and then the I mean the rookie pool is pretty thin, right like you're either looking at Michael Meyer or Aiden o'Connell um you know may, maybe aiden O'Connell um you know will get his opportunity as Jimmy G presumably doesn't play seventeen games right he's only made it through a full season once in his career um so you know whether it is. Injury that creates the opportunity for him or like I alluded to earlier, maybe the Raiders kind of start packing it up and look to next year and future seasons and they want to see what they have in the kid. You know, there's there's some chance there. Michael Mayer, I mean, usually rookie tight ends take a while to, you know, develop and get on in in, at the NFL level. So I, I don't think that you're really doing yourself any favors by rostering him, at least in a redraft context.
0: Absolutely, nope. I think it's spot on. I think it's all Devonte Adams, Josh Jacobs, and if you don't feel comfortable with them, you just avoid the Raiders altogether for fantasy football. Yeah. Cool. Well, I know you have to run Eric to another show, but I appreciate you coming on to talk with us about about the AFC West as well as Pros with Joe's, and I'll be seeing you soon as we do our our draft coming up real quick.
2: Yeah, I, I appreciate you making a little space for me. I'm I'm sorry I have to run. This is like our crazy promotional tour, so I just go from one to the other. Nah, you got to do your car belong. wash. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man.
0: <laughs> go do your
3: thing. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye. All right, so with that, Brad, you got to finish us off with the... With the stinker. Uh, with the ride. Yeah, the, the, I mean, they could be great, or they could be a Subway sandwich, but the Denver Broncos. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah I... A lot of my opinion on the Broncos kind of Hinged on the news that Jerry Judy uh, was carted off the field today, so that was a, that's a pretty big blow for them. Um, looking at the quarterback position, you know, I wrote an article for Fan Tracks last year uh, before the season that um, I was really low on Russell Wilson. He was coming off of injuries. Um, he's going to have a new a new uh, coordinator and a new head coach for the first time in a long time. And typically, when that happens you don't see the best uh production historically from Russell Wilson in his career and this year is the same thing he's got a new he's got a new coordinator he's got a new head coach um he's a year older he's still got those injuries that he's battling um and now he's down Jerry Judy at least for the uh immediate foreseeable future so um I, I, Russell Wilson's pretty much undraftable for me um if you were to you know, pick him up off the waiver wire and he was a streaming option for you. You know, I, I could see that being a little more interesting. But in terms of drafting, I, I just can't do it. I understand the argument of, you know, just looking at his body of work and expecting him to kind of go back to form and regress to his, his mean, which is Hall of Fame caliber of level of play. Um, I can understand that, but it's just, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a recency bias thing for me. I, I don't think... Russell Wilson still has it in him to be a you know a top fifteen quarterback in the league right now. Um in terms of rookies, um I really like Marvin Mims now. Uh he's their their rookie out of uh Oklahoma, I believe. And he um he's gonna be able to step into that, that spot that Jerry Judy's gonna vacate when when he's absent right now. So um you look at Cortland Sutton, you look at Greg Dolchich, and you look at now Marvin Mims being there you know, they're really trio of, of pass catchers right now. Um, it's a pretty thin depth chart. Um, so I, I like him there. And then in terms of, uh, who could be underrated as sleeper, I like, uh, Samaje Perron, um, the running back out of Florida, he kind of made his bones with Cincinnati. Um, so we've got, we've got a running back situation there where he's going to be used as kind of a, a, a two headed monster. Um, He's got uh, Javante Williams in front of him, but he suffered a season-ending knee injury in week four last season. So um, that doesn't mean he's not going to be you know, back up and ready to play, but I find it hard to believe that they would use all of his uh, – just give him normal reps coming off of a season-ending end- injury like that. So um, Samaje Piran is a, a very sneaky pick. I don't expect the game script to be in the Denver Broncos' favor a lot this year, so – expecting him to get a ton of rushing yards is probably not what you want to do but if you want to have him as a handcuff i think that's a nice option and um again like if you were to tag him on in a in a trade pit in a trade package later in the season that's something you could look into as well but aside from that there's just not really a lot of fantasy relevant players on denver this year no
0: yeah i I agree mims i think is a nice sleeper that you can get late in your draft i was really excited for dolce going into training camp and now it looks like adam troutman may be the tight end one on the team i don't know and troutman got beat out at the saints so i have no i don't trust any of them and then i love jerry judy going in this year and literally today he was on my graphic he's on the thumbnail i just switched it up this afternoon when unfortunately he got hurt i put on javante williams um and I like I didn't think Williams would be anywhere near ready for the season, and now he might be ready before Brees Hall. But then, like you said, what's his workload look like? Because just because you're practicing and you're warming up doesn't mean you're ready for a full workload. So even even last I, year I agree, he was yeah. putting carries with Melvin Gordon. So it's like, yeah. and uh, I'm fine. I don't expect everyone. I don't expect anyone to be like a workload, but like I want them to get the valuable touches. And I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. Sean Payton, who knows what he's planning? So yeah, Denver is just one of those weird like enigma teams where like there's so many decent sounding names and then you think about it yeah. for like another second and you're like I don't want to draft him it's, yep.
1: it's like the pre-retirement home for a lot of <laughs> players it really is no honestly yep. I mean I hope Sean Payton can clean up this offense but the whole damn team but let's be real right
3: yeah yeah I'm with you and I, I Greg Bilch is a that's a great point because you know you look at last se- last season's regime and who was in charge then and he really made a he really made a run like he's and even the routes that he's running were, you know, deep, uh, uh, not like little dink and dunk crosses like he's he's going deep. He's going on, you know, stream routes, and nine routes and all that. So it's just now with with hearing like Troutman might be their tight end one. It's just. I, it's tough, man, whenever you have a new person coming in charge, kind of your old it's it's always what have you done for me lately. So it's whatever is going on in this camp is going to be, you know, the end all be all for this season. And I don't know. It's just, it, everybody's kind of over, overrated and overdrafted looking at their, their numbers right now. So um, it'll be interesting to see where things shake out when the season actually gets going, but I can't imagine anybody on the Broncos being a fantasy relevant.
0: maybe you recommend fading them in your drafts keeping an eye on them for waiver wires or for future trades maybe if you see a a bright spot in the schedule trade for them when they're low get a good value on them and and see if they give you a few good weeks
3: courtland Sutton might be the only one that you can make a a, an argument for especially if they're going to be down every game he's going to get like 10 targets but outside of that yeah
0: cool well, I'm I'm sorry to end it on such a depressing team. I, I know we always should <laughs> finish with all the teams, but I, I mean sometimes they have hope. <laughs> yeah, but everyone wants the Chiefs in the beginning. You, you can't save them for the end, you know. Sometimes you there have, you have to have your dessert first. <laughs> uh, but Adriana, do you have any any closing words for us on fantasy football getting ready for I know you have some drafts coming up.
1: Ooh, God, closing words. Um...
0: Rashi Rice.
1: Yeah. What? <laughs> Rashi Rice? That-
0: that's your oh,
1: bad issue. Gosh. Um, go rookie heavy, it's never, it's never, never, never steered me wrong. And draft Bijan,
0: all right. I
1: know it's not AFC West, but I don't care. That's okay. <laughs>
0: <Awesome>. <laughs> and where can everyone find you?
1: Every, okay, you can find me on Twitter/slash/X, Instagram, Facebook, all the things, all the social networks. At peace, P E A C E, and the word A N D, plenty with an I, P L E N T I. It's my business. That's where I do most of everything from, or at Adriana Spiz.
0: Perfect.
1: Easy. So, yeah. Thanks for we having me, guys. Having Brad,
0: yeah. do you have oh, anything Facebook to close come out? All right. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah. You can uh, catch me on Fan Tracks. Um, I do uh, baseball basketball and football on there so uh, we'll have a lot of more draft content ramping up now but um and yeah at sir Brad k on twitter
0: awesome cool. well with that guys we're gonna head out make sure you like subscribe all that fun stuff to triple play fantasy we got you covered not just with football but basketball baseball we got it all that's why we're triple play fantasy We will get you probably at least one more mock draft before the season gets started. And then we'll get you ready for week one coming up real soon. So make sure, like I said, you subscribe and you tune in all season so we can get you that fantasy football championship. Have a great one, everyone.